Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Layman's Guide to the Multiverse, where we dive between the panels and break through the fourth wall. I am your host, Matt, and with me this week, I have Mike. Oh, hello. I have Edward. Hola, como estas? And I have Paolo. We are in space. <gasps> Paint a picture. My God. <laughs> I can't make the Space Jam pun again because I did it for the last episode. Oh. Well, now it's well. Now listen. We already released an episode. It's called Spell Preserved. If you haven't listened to it, you should go listen to it before listening to this episode because you can hear us rant about oh. the game that has since now come out. You mean the uh, yeah. uh, the books, the, the books, module, the, the module for the, for source the Dungeons books, and Dragons, the monsters for the dragons and the monsters. Dude, that's too scary for me. <laughs> I might have well, to get... this episode. It's too scary. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like no. that I got a little walk in there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, we are recording this episode on the 16th. They just released the book officially, what, this morning, I think? Uh, midnight last night, uh, oh, officially. Well, fine, fuck yes. me then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Listen, no. it was not, it's not like you didn't wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning. First thing you do is pick up your phone, check if the book is available uh, you know, because you went to sleep before midnight. So yeah. you check if the book is available uh -huh. and immediately start pinging your friends on Discord going, holy shit, the book's out, and it start going on and on and on about the things that you're reading. You're right, I, I didn't yeah. do that. I, I, I woke up this morning pre-coffee and was very disappointed because you had stated that the race I wanted to play couldn't cast spells with their... Couldn't cast spells, <laughs> period. I'm like, oh no, I have to read this. And I read it, and you're a liar. And also, this was probably very early for you too. And you just made a mistake. Yeah, or 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 it's like you know we submit the same exact backstory idea for two totally different characters at the same exact, same exact minute. Time. Yeah. yeah, that's that's good. That is good. Wanna... So, yeah, go ahead. Adam. No, I, I just want to play a space cat. I... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have space, space. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I am firmly on board with with this. So I will say this: I am a little not disappointed. No, but they have definitely brought down the um, the uh, the amount of information that they give you for the spell gemmer ships okay and well, to be fair i think i brought this up the uh the last time we spoke about this is that like they're not going to do any of that and they're just going to be like bro your dm is just going to be like do spaceship bro <laughs> do you know what i mean I, you're absolutely right though so That's kind of uh, like says, yeah. from from what i from what i've been looking up and i already read most of the um the adventurer's guide which is basically what kind of gives you an explanation on what a spell jammer spell jamming helm is and what is involved in creating all of this stuff and also gives you kind of like a breakdown of the different ships um they did not go in as in depth into ship to ship battles and all this other stuff as they have in previous editions which mm. is fine i have no problem with that and i actually think that is not a detriment but a bonus to how the new age of D&D &D has kind of moved away from setting down 7,000 different rules. Right. 
and just trying to allow you to use your imagination on how you can have cool things happen with a situation like fucking a giant spaceship in in a, a giant a wooden ship in outer space. Let yeah, me clarify. Right. Yeah, yeah, a giant uh, pirate ship in space. You know, honestly, I, honestly, I welcome the ambiguity because I mean, like, uh, boy, think back to like Pathfinder, and a lot of people start giving it crap for and calling it Mathfinder. You know, you had Fourth Edition, which was ridiculous with the rules and everything like that. Three E had its uh, disadvantages. You know, I I welcome the ambiguity they bring to the rules. Oh, I'm so I'm kind of excited because, uh, as you mentioned, we recorded this on August 16th. They're actually making a big announcement on August 18th. Um, there's oh. something called yeah. There's something called um, D and D presents that Wizards is doing. I don't know, and I, I unfortunately I am not a D and D YouTuber or a D and D podcaster, even though I probably should be. Um, I believe in you. You can do it. We, I do not have enough insider information to be able to tell people what this announcement is going to be. But this is the first time in a long time that Wizards has put so much emphasis on these big announcements. Now, I doubt it's going to be something like 6th edition, because that would just be silly if they just literally released Spelljammer. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if it's maybe another... Uh, book or something else it, it's supposed to be big or maybe even a vtt a virtual tabletop for dnd beyond as well Ooh, that would be that would awesome. be that'd be it roll kind of like what roll 20 is kind of doing roll that in uh to what they have just kind of integrate more stuff i mean that's that would be interesting because i think we are in the renaissance of virtual tabletops right now so Absolutely. i love that, i love that you say renaissance because has anybody seen the uh the art for the hadozi by the way Oh my god! Oh, the they, got the fucking, they, they got the fucking Renaissance hats on. It's great. I love them. I, I can't not look at the the art for the Hadouzi because that is I'm going to be playing one, and I I'm, I love those those guys. So let's let, actually let's discuss this. So as of right now, we right. are officially in involved in one game where we have all created characters for a Spelljammer campaign. Oh, okay, so, I thought uh, you were, were going to just full stop, just like we've all created characters for a campaign one time. No, no, we <laughs> at least once. Listen, I have the unlimited subscription to D&D Beyond where, you know, at your limit is the unlimited. And it actually says 40 of unlimited slots filled. So I have 40 characters at the moment in D&D Beyond. Hell yeah. <laughs> that should tell you how many characters I want to play and I still have not played. Uh, at least 38 of them. Yes. <laughs> you are playing two of those characters. Uh, well, technically three. If you know someone that I know who's on this podcast would hey. uh, would run ever, you know hey. that would be. Hey, yep. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, what are you talking about? Hey, <laughs> trying try, try to call somebody out here. It's fine. Hey. It's I'm fine. Try, I don't get. I don't get long distance. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, in all, in all seriousness, I. I, I, I will not deny my addiction to Dungeons and Dragons and my addiction to making D&D characters. So I have quite a few characters of which I am ready to play. Uh, but we have all, at least the four of us, are currently going to be players in a campaign, which is really exciting because I've never actually played Spelljammer. I've, always, I've run Spelljammer. I've run Spelljammer adjacent stuff, but never been in a Spelljammer uh main campaign is it's just that i've that i've been a player in so i have choice sure. paralysis and what i want to play and we don't often get to play together as a group uh, because we have a new dm 
uh, someone, a friend of ours, but uh, usually Paolo's our DM. So yeah. it's fun to play in a campaign with Paolo, even though we have one other, but mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. It's a treat. I think you're I think you're not giving enough credit where credit is due. We actually have two other DMs that are, we are true. friends with. No, but one I, of them, I just one, one, of them, one of them, you know, one of them actually is is a DM, a fellow DM here on this podcast as well. No, I'm, I'm just saying we don't normally get to play with you. And there is one other person because we have a campaign with that. We play with you as a player. <laughs> but this is we have a big we have a nice group here. This is going to be fun. It's going to be good. I'm excited. I'm really excited for this. Oh, like, I man. Mean, I know. I know you're you're I know of of the four of us, only two of us, though, have used uh-huh. the new races in Spelljammer, though. True. I mean, do we want to talk about them? Let's talk about those races, because we have that's the info we have that we didn't have last time. I think we you're talked right. about the plasmoids last time, right? I, and you know what? I should have made a plasmoid, but I didn't. I, oh, and cool. I thought about it too. I mean, I really like the idea that I mean, do we want to just break down the uh, the races then? Do, like, do we want to start with Plasmoid? Yes, let's go. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I know that they get an ability that if there's at least an inch worth of like an opening, <laughs> uh, they can just go through it. I have it in front of me. Just give me <laughs> and one second. That's I'll crazy. Right up. Yeah. Unless unless that's that's no longer in the the official race because I, I know it is. It is still part of the official. Okay, because I know fairies got that in the Unearthed Arcana. Uh, Unearth Arcana is the um, kind of like the playtest version. It's, it's like the beta version of what they're going to roll out. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes things stay the same. Other times things get nerfed. Other times things get thrown completely out the window because they're horribly busted. So if we're going to start with the plasmoids, um, mm-hmm. so just to kind of give an explanation for people what the short and dirty on what the plasmoids are, is the plasmoids <laughs> are essentially your ooze people. Um, basically you are just a, a ball of jello that has sentience. Okay. I hate it. You you, you just said ball of jello. I'm like, nope. (laughs) You're, 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 you're a jello without a mold. You are your own mold. You are your own mold. Uh, You get to decide. You are amorphous. So you can squeeze through a space, uh, as narrow as one inch wide, provided you are wearing and carrying nothing. Uh, and you do have advantage on ability checks you make to initiate or escape a grapple. So if you want to make that <laughs> grapple character, Plasmoid is your your go to for grappling. Uh, Plasmoid uh, rope, please. <laughs> oh, that's rude. Do not. I feel like that's rude. Do not ask your Plasmoid friends to just be rope for you. All right. They're sentient <laughs> beings. They have feelings. <laughs> Don't ask them to be rope. They could probably be rope, but don't ask them. Uh, you could actually separate yourself too, believe it or not. So they <laughs> did give you the ability to to one is shape self, which is uh, as an action that you could reshape your body to give yourself a head, one or two arms, one or two legs, and makeshift hands and feet, or you could revert to a limbless blob. Uh, while you have a human-like shape, you can wear a cloth and armor, obviously, of a humanoid of your size. But as oh, yeah. a bonus action, you can extrude a pseudopod that is up to six inches wide and ten feet long or reabsorb it into your body. What as is part of God, as part God. of the same bonus action, you can use this pseudopod to manipulate an object, open or close a door or container, or pick up or set down a tiny object. It specifically states though that the pseudopod can contains no sensory organs and cannot attack activate magic items or lift more than 10 pounds so what so, exactly is a pseudopod it's like a pod so, but like somebody almost. pull out a dictionary give us what the definition of a pseudopod is i think it's just like an octopus limb like it's just like a limbless well, I, yeah are you sure i feel like a pseudopod maybe. is an actual like extension of oneself no 
I, I, don't I, I, like, know. I like the first thing that comes up when I typed in pseudopod is um, they get everywhere. They do? Well, I, if they get, they don't get in my brain. Ah, okay, okay. It means a temporary growth on a cell that allows it to be mob- mobile, almost like a little foot. A little it's, foot. You get to make a little foot. Oh, so no, no. Okay, so essentially, aside from your four arm, like your two arms and two legs, uh-huh. you can make a separate limb to do stuff for you, like a oh. fifth limb to do so something I, for you. I, I can make a little foot. You can make a foot. You can make an arm. You can make something come out between from your legs. Yeah, I, I can make a little foot. Too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so, I, I, and I'll be honest, the plasmoids probably, I thought flavor-wise, it would be a lot of fun, but like in context for what I would want to make of a character, I feel like it's not the strongest race. Yeah, and I also, I feel like, uh, and this is me just completely speculating, uh, you're, you have been playing a uh, a changeling rogue. I have been playing a changeling rogue, yes. And I feel like you would have wanted to do a similar thing with the plasmoid. Or, or, or I feel like maybe you wouldn't have wanted to, but I feel like you may have been falling into some of those tropes. I, I honestly don't. I honestly don't know because the plasmoid is. I have to get into an alien mindset for the plasmoid because I feel like how that's does, so so alien. How does one? Is. How does one method act uh, an alien mindset? <laughs> 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 you just kind of do like okay, like this is like what having a body is like. Do the opposite of what like having a body, is like, right? You <laughs> have to think doing, outside yourself. All right, so I'm I'm just, I'm just doing the shaky arms thing that Scott Steiner used to do. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking I mean, about? He's, no, he's but like kind of like jump around to do the shake your arms thing. Too tiny brain because he has a body. Like classically, he has one. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. Just model your character off of uh, Murph from uh, Star Trek. Oh, I was actually thinking, um, I don't know if you've seen the Orville. Oh. Yeah. The, the, the jelly guy in the Orville. Yes. The guy who's voiced by um, Norm McDonald. Norm yeah. McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's no longer voiced by Norm Macdonald. <laughs> yes, he is no longer voiced by Norm Macdonald, unfortunately. But um, on the plus side, he did manage to finish this season of oh, the of the Orville. So at least you know they gave him. He he did all of his episodes. Very sad. Wow. Very sad. Oh, yeah. Uh, but not to bring things down. Uh, we also have a. So that that was the race I was originally going to go with, but then I'm oh. like, now I'm just I'm just making a space robot. Like I'm just making yeah. a Warforge. It's fine. I'm here for it. Love it. It's fine. Um. However, yeah. to tie in, though, I am making a space robot that crash lands on a planet of flying monkeys. Love that. They're gliding monkeys. Ooh. <laughs> That's a totally right. original idea. I've never heard reproduced by a Hollywood oh, you movie. Don't, ever. don't start you. Don't start <laughs> you. Are you talking about the movie Avatar directed by James Cameron? That's a good one. I think that was cats, not monkeys. Are you talking about? You talking about Fern Gully, directed by James Cameron? I think that was Robin Williams, not monkeys. Oh no, no, no! That that movie was starring Robin Williams. Yeah, not, and decidedly not monkeys. If it starred Robin Williams, Robin Williams and a monkey, all uh-huh. right, best movie ever. Ten out of ten. Are you, are you, are you talking about? Um, you talking about Dances with Wolves? I'm talking about Dust, uh, Dunstan checks in. I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so i believe this is your area of expertise is it not mike probably not i mean i just picked them because i like them like they're they're friends they're so they, adorable they're they're just like they're just they're ape people that have like a 
I guess like a skin, not a skin flap, but like they're, they're skin flaps. Let's be honest. They're skin, skin flaps. flaps. Yeah, they're skin, skin flaps. flaps. Connected yeah, to the uh, their ankles and their wrists, and they can glide with them like flying squirrels. Like they kind of remind me of flying squirrels. Yeah, yeah. They're they're skin ribbons. How, how about that? That that's less that's less gross. Skid ribbons. Yeah, that makes sense. And they're very. That's, they look they look fluffy and elaborate. They're that's not grosser like, than skin. That's that's better than skin flaps. Yeah. 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 It's fine. It's yeah, fine. It's fine, Paulo. Ribbons are elegant. Ribbons. I saw the yeah. picture of them in the handbook, and I immediately thought of the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz. They don't have wings. But they don't have wings. <laughs> and they're not blue. They hate Eiffel 65. <laughs> they, they cannot stand that group. They cannot stand it. But I, they, I, they I, seem fun. They seem, because they're friendly. Like, they, like, people apparently hate them like Matt hates them and tried to kill them. So now, so now the hot Izzy kind of, like, go around and make friends because they know their strength in numbers. And I'm like, I like these friends. It's I amazing. No, yeah. actually, it's so wholesome, actually. And not just that, but like the fact that your character is basically based on this idea of just a wholesome Hadozi going out into the into the universe to explore and learn what he can and bring back information to his family, to his tribe. Yeah, I like the I like the the that sci-fi trope of just kind of, uh, I guess, a rumspringa, like the, what the Amish do, but for like good purposes. Um, if you want to do a comparison, <laughs> I think it, it's very much like Tali uh, from Mass Effect. Right. I have not I have not played Mass Effect. Oh, but are, OK. Yeah, but there awesome. are other sci-fi yeah. things where this this uh, this trope exists and we're just like an alien race is like, we don't know everything there is to know. Go experience the world. And let us know how it is. And that's beautiful because, like, yeah. I feel like if more if more cultures did that, we wouldn't have as many of the problems we do now. Yeah, but, and that's that's the kind of ideal, right? Like, because if we if humans have figured out space travel, that means hu- humans have figured their shit out. So we kind of have to. Well, we don't have to assume, but it, it's nice to assume that like other like aliens have done the same thing, where it's like, okay, we figured all our shit out. Let's see what the universe has to offer. Has to offer. That's pretty awesome. I, I feel yeah. that. I, yeah. I feel that. I feel that very much. I, I will say this in that regard. Uh, my my murder bot has pledged his life to defend you. So just for <laughs> awareness. Like, yeah, I, we haven't I, even I, played a single game. We just, <laughs> everyone, we haven't played a single game yet. We're just we're <laughs> we're in the, the planning stages. We're talking about our characters uh, internally. But uh, but going back to the what's so cool about the dozy, they do have dexterous feet, though. So that yes, is they, an ability that they do have. Yeah, they can pick stuff up with their feet. Uh, like an apple or a key or something tiny. Uh, I don't think they could pick up weapons. I'm trying to check if, like, no. I could if I could like throw a dagger somewhere and then walk up to someone and then with my foot stab them. But like that seems like a lot. <laughs> so much I more am, peaceful, man. Right? I'm not. No, that, that was the initial. I'm like that seems cool, but yeah, I'm playing a peaceful character. I'm, it's fine. I am bummed <laughs> out that we can't cast spells with our feet. You can you can hold a wand with your foot, so maybe. I don't know. Don't don't it's up in the air. Don't get my hopes up. I will say, okay, so one of the cooler, lesser spoken about abilities in all of our conversations is the Hadozi resilience, mm. which essentially is you get a D6 that you can subtract from your damage. Right. Oh. So you could so like I don't want to say reflavoring the, the Hadozi, but if like, you know, all the other ones kind of look like um yeah, chimps isn't they definitely don't, don't look like chimps, but if they like they look like generic like fantasy monkey playing like a giant like gorilla hadozi that like you, you go barbarian or something and then use that feature more often. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. 
So it, it thematically, the way okay. it describes it is the magic that runs in your veins heightens your natural defenses. When you take damage, you can use your reaction to roll a D6. Add your proficiency bonus to the number rolled and reduce the damage you take by an amount equal to that total. So you're just basically consistently uh, you're able to do that for uh, as your proficiency uh, many times equal to your proficiency bonus. Um, which so is like two once, at the, the very first yeah, level. So yeah, times. which is uh, yes. And you just subtract damage from your from from the damage you take. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't say like you know damage uh, with a minimum of one. So you could completely soak damage with that. It's super cool. Like I, yeah, I, I I'm trying to think flavorized like what exactly is happening with the how to Z to make that happen because maybe maybe they're just tougher than they look. They're like they, they look like monkeys, but it's like no, they're just actually what they what tough. the way that the the um. The game does it in terms of their um, their history. So essentially, the Hadozi were created by a wizard. <laughs> I love that because I mean that's just what they do. A wizard found the planet of the Hadozi. They were smaller back then. They weren't like big chimps. So he picked them up and he's like, you know what? I'm going to make an army of these motherfuckers. Jeez. And his apprentice apparently took a really liking to the Hadozi and then decided, you know what? I, they should not be used for war and broke out all the Hadozi to fight against the um, the wizard that that made them larger, like made them bigger, infused them with magic. And then they in turn freed the rest of their um, their kind and then traveled back. And then that's basically how the race became what it became. Wait a second. Awesome. Isn't that the same backstory to Scientology's uh, creation of life? I don't see a giant lizard, so I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm wizard, not sure. wizard, I lizard, know. they rhyme. It's all good. Whoa. Oh, man. Somebody play a, a uh, wizard that's completely based off of ice magic and also make it a lizard, folks. So you can get a blizzard, lizard, wizard. Yeah. In space, no one can see your ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So. You also have a climbing speed, by the way. Yes. Oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a climbing speed and uh, one of the more ridiculous features, uh, and, and I, I say ridiculous because I believe it's um, when you, I guess, fall at any height. Oh, yeah, that's so ridiculous. Uh, for every, yeah, so for every one foot you fall, you move five feet forward. So I say that that's broken because, like, if you're standing, what's, I mean, rules, I mean, I mean obviously don't do this because it's fucking shitty, but, like, What's stopping you from jumping one foot in the air and then moving five feet forward with just your one movement speed, you know? So you, you could essentially, on the ground, move 150 feet just by, <laughs> jumping, on, just, just by jumping one foot in the air. Yeah, for every one times. foot you descend in the air, <laughs> no move, yeah, move up to five rules feet horizontally. Is written, it's, it's so, so stupid. stupid. Yeah, if rules is written, it's very dumb. But it's like, but also, if you're it's playing a character, it's like, okay, you're jumping, you're exhausting yourself. Like, this is, <laughs> it takes so much effort to just jump up and glide and just move forward. Like, yeah, it's, it's definitely, yeah, rules as intended. It's just supposed to be like a cool glide thing. But like, as written, it's like, that's fucking stupid. I can move 150 feet. It's just a hop, float, hop, float, hop, float. It's like I'm playing a fighting game or something. I don't, I don't want to. Oh, shit. You got dive kicks? Welcome to I got dive four, kicks. motherfucker. Let's go. How does he top tier? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are, uh, in my opinion, just the friendliness of the of the class of the race. Like, yeah, yeah. it's fine. I'm with love, it. I'm here. I for love it. the flavor because I wasn't sure what to play. And then they, they just stuck out at me. I'm like, this is great. I love this. God, so now they're, they're fantastic. So now let's talk about the the large elephant in the room or the large hippo in the room, if you hey. will. 
So, Matt, what are you playing? All right. So I'm playing a GIF, and uh, I couldn't help but notice that um, they have a lot of stuff for firearms in this game. (laughs) So I'm just making a gun nut hippo. Um, (laughs) Hell yeah. Like, like, oh, God. Here. Like, like th- this is, I was fucking off in Hero Forge and it came out like this. Why the fuck does he look? Why does he what look like Sean Connery from, from fucking, I was going to say Zubaz. He absolutely does look like Sean Connery. He looks like Sean Connery from Zardoz holding an, not, not like a ray gun, but like, like a, a fucking cowboy, like revolver. Why is he not in pants? <laughs> Why is he not wearing pants? He Have you not seen Zardoz? He makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, He's absolutely yeah. based on <laughs> Sean Connery. From- <laughs> Give him a shotgun. I he, I need to see him holding a, just a, a just a modern United States Army shotgun. I don't care that they don't carry a shotgun. I don't care. Hippo in a speedo is quite the move, and I'm here for it. <laughs> for, so, so for, the, for the for those at home, it's yeah, I, it's. I make I basically made a Zardoz build. Yeah, yeah, for 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 those at home, just type just go into Google and just look up the movie Zardoz and you'll more than likely see pictures of Sean Connery in that movie. It, it's that with a hippo face. It's just, just yeah. a hippo, just Photoshop a hippo head on that guy. Is, and there you go. Is it gray skin and gray skin? Is is it bad I just spent like 20 minutes in Hero Forge looking for a body hair option? Uh, you, can, you can do that with the decals. Oh, sweet. Here we go. But anyway, though. But yeah, no. <laughs> The gift, they got firearm mastery. It's, uh, what was it? The, the, the exact literature says, you have a mystical connection to firearms that traces back to the gods of the gift who delighted in such weapons. You have proficiency with all firearms and ignore the loading property of any firearm. So basically, I don't need to take to reload. You don't need that's, to reload. That's so good. That's so broken. That's in addition, so good. In addition, attacking at long range with a firearm doesn't impose disadvantage on attack roll. Whoa. And firearms are dex based, so I'm basically giving them all the archer stats. Um, so I'm just making them all about shooting. Like, and and the joke that I'm making is is that um, I'm I'm writing him a backstory where you know that line in the Mandalorian where Mando says uh, guns are part of my religion. Right. I'm writing him so that guns literally are his religion. Yo, he prays he AR-15, on, so let's go. He is on a gun pilgrimage, I think was the, the comment you made in Discord earlier. Well, yeah. the idea is that he's going to come from a remote village and the idea of worshipping that something that isn't a gun is foreign to him, so he expects to go out into the galaxy and it to be like a giant gun show. Wait, so what... <laughs> what 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 remote village is he from? Like Kissimmee or something? Like mm, the name I came up with was Miami. Hella Mile. What you're not okay. What you're also forgetting, by the way, to mention is you also have an ability called Astral Spark. So what Astral Spark does is your psychic connection to the astral plane enables you to mystically access a spark of divine power, which Whoa. you can you you can channel through your weapons. When you hit a target with a simple or martial weapon, and technically guns, firearms are considered martial weapons, you can cause the target to take extra force damage equal to your proficiency bonus. You can use this trait a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, but you can use it no more than once per turn. And you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So essentially, your guns pack divine energy extra damage. 
Because you believe in them so hard. Because you believe in them that hard, yeah. <laughs> like I said, my my character's backstory, it sounds so two-dimensional when I just say, like, oh, he literally worships guns. But, like, it works with the char- with the flavor text for the character. I think I fleshed out a good enough backstory. I'm waiting on uh, the DM to get back to me. Uh, also, I couldn't find anything that explicitly stated a firearm is a martial weapon in the latest rule book that came out. So I wanted to um, if you just look, if you just yeah, they are. They're considered uh, range martial weapons. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But they, they, they do well. they do require their own proficiency though. Wow. Yeah. Right, um, which right, I, right. Which I think you get though as a gift. You do. Yes. Um. Uh, is it, other... so, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to move on to the next trait. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to make a joke about the GIF uh, or the GIF, depending on who from the race you ask. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, because, yeah, like, like from all the flavor I've read, apparently among GIF, um, there is heated argument over the correct pronunciation. Like one flavor text I read is like if two GIF are in a bar and they disagree on the pronunciation, a fight will break out. <laughs> I, I, can i tell you something that is hysterical to me and i almost want to make that a, a a character flaw of mine that i just constantly go around pissing off gif or jif depending on what they want to say it's incredible because it is spelled g-i-f-f so if if you think we're pronouncing gif wrong well, that's fine. It's it's both. Let us know in the comments. It's it's gonna be either or. <laughs> I also I also made sure in my backstory to write that he pronounced it with a hard G because you know G like and gun. Oh, there we so, go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There They're you not go. guns, all right. <laughs> They're not Juns. <laughs> oh, they're definitely not Juns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like i said and, and you and like, like i said and i didn't know what to play at first until literally paulo texts me they have a literal hippo people and i'm like fuck yeah i'm doing this <laughs> oh you're taking that inspiration from moon Knight, if i recall correctly yes from moon knight yeah from moon knight yes. at least the idea of the moon knight the 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 goddess from moon knight who is the the goddess of of rebirth i think it, the egyptian goddess of rebirth i forget her name oh, i thought it was just uh just regular birth but I, I i don't remember but i loved her character in moon knight a lot and originally i was going to do something a little bit more uh kind-hearted i guess you can say but then i saw the firearms mastery ability and i was like no no fuck this i'm going all out like i literally my my avatar on D beyond is a bad Photoshop of a hippo's head on top of a classic pose of John Rambo. It's fair. That's fair. I'm here for it. I love I'm here it. for it so much in every respect, it. especially after seeing your, uh, <laughs> that, that hero forge. I, this is, I, I, I love that. It's not like the ray gun from Zardoz. It's, <laughs> it's a fucking revolver. It's a wild it's, west revolver. Like, it's, I, it's, yeah, it's wild. No, there's nothing spacey about that gun. It's a gun. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I mean, here, here, here's, here's the reference image. Like it, it's a revolver in the, in oh the no. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess it is. That is absolutely just the same. Okay. You just need to look up what, what Matt's character wants to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Zardoz, just, John Connery. Right? It is yeah. making you me just, so uncomfortable. You just posted the same picture twice. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so uncomfortable. Right? We gotta get to the next race. We gotta. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I just wanted to talk about uh, damage dealer and hippo build real quick. Uh, hippo build uh, gives you advantage on strength based ability checks and strength saving throws. Uh, in addition, you count as one size larger when determining your carrying capacity. Or things you can push and drag, and that that's kind of neat, you know. I, I love I love the idea of these like 
super like well-built creatures like people but they're all dedicated to guns yeah <laughs> yeah they're just dedicated to guns you yeah. everything that doesn't require them to get up close and personal they're just really great at i'm, right? I'm literally i'm literally imagining him carrying a cannon around oh, that's I, fantastic. no the fu- so if you if you get a chance and i'm gonna give a, some spoilers for everybody who hasn't gone into the spell jammer like um anything at all no anything about the ships spoilers um, for a book you can buy yeah Uh-oh. the 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 gift ship is basically a a ship that is attached to a cannon that shoots 10 ton cannonballs oh jeez. so it's literally <laughs> a fantasy a10 warthog <laughs> yes <laughs> essentially the gift that is the gift ship is basically a ship that is attached to a, a giant cannon in the front, and they have a crane that basically has to load the cannon for that before it fires. I'm fucking here for this so much. They can't, the ship cannot land Hell on yeah. the planet. Built for space. <laughs> it's built for space. You see, I didn't I didn't get to reading about the ships yet, but I, I thought I was going too over the top with my character's gun worshipping, and I'm starting to think I didn't push the envelope hard enough. <laughs> you gotta keep it grounded with all your gun worship. I think yeah. like you got a real a real grounded religious gun nut. Uh, I mean you and it's, you gotta keep it grounded, especially because you're a hippo and you are a terrifying uh, land animal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm pretty sure amphibious it, animal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if real life hippos could uh carry arms, they would. Yeah, they're vicious. <laughs> uh the other thing you get is damage dealer. Uh like a hippopotamus in a crystal war uh, in a crystal war shop. Uh you are naturally adept at damaging things. Uh it's it's like Savage Attacker. When you roll a one on a damage die for a melee attack, you can re-roll the die and use the new roll. You can only do that uh once a turn. No, they got rid of that. They got rid of that. That's only from the UA. They got rid of that. Oh, did they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're reading the UA, aren't you? I I am reading the UA because I couldn't find the other one. I mean, that's a fun comparison to make, though, because like because that's that's a that's a feat. Like, yeah, no, they they removed that. They got rid of that. You you no longer have that because that's broke. That's broke. I mean, that that's that's a feat. That's that's like I said, that's Savage Attacker. Yeah, that's great. Which is so why they, I guess they removed it. Yeah. So there's actually, so there's, believe it or not, there's one, two, three more races we have yet to cover. Yeah, so let's dive into it real quick. So if we go very quickly, we'll touch on one of the ones, and probably the least that people, I feel like a lot of people probably won't play these, the Astral Elves. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's about time we got another elf subclass, so I'm glad, or subrace. I'm glad we got, you know, glad, glad we finally got there. Yeah, I want to play an Astral Half-Elf. Half elf, half uh, Hadazi. I mean, you basically get okay. So, in in defense of these, by the way, um, you get yeah. uh, basically Misty Step for free. That's pretty cool. A Misty um, Step is like essentially a teleportation spell. You can teleport it, thirty feet, like. essentially, and that's what that it's. You get a yeah, as a bonus. It's called Starlight Step for them. And what you get is as a bonus action, you can magically teleport up to thirty feet to an unoccupied space. You can see you can use this trade a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. I mean, that I is like, really good. It is really good. That is really, really good. Yeah. And I not feel just like, that. Yeah, go ahead. No, uh, what I was going to say is the other thing that they give you is um, with your trance. So elves in D anD D do not actually sleep; they go into like a sleep like trance. Um, if you've seen The Witcher, it's like that. Yes. So mm. the trance that you go into, actually, because they touch on the idea of the combined consciousness of elves, 
um, you can actually change one of your prof skill proficiencies when you wake up from a long rest or from a short rest, rather. From so the, you from the uh, trance. You can be good at like handling animals when you weren't previously before trancing. You'd be like, "Oh, I know, I know how to uh, ride a horse now." Exactly. Oh, <laughs> oh, the flavor for that's cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. All like, right. I, I, mean, I was, I was just shitting on the idea of just another elf sub race, but like that, um, that's fucking cool. But a free then, misty step, come on. And then no, and on <laughs> a lot top of, of that, a so, lot of elves are getting that and, now though. And that's the mm -hmm. thing. Uh, one of the other things to mention also is, I, I feel like yeah, we're shitting on them because. They're just elves again, all over again, right? Um, but like they also gave them something called Astral Fire, which is you know these three cantrips for free. Oh, one of the following cantrips for free. You know either dancing lights, light, or sacred flame for free, regardless like, of your of your class. That's cool. I mean so, it, it sounds like I'm never picking uh dancing lights. No, obviously not. Dancing lights is terrible. You take sacred flame. <laughs> hey wow come on there's there's a flavor reason to take dancing lights all right do, do, do you want do you want to shoot someone for d8 radiant damage because i do well I, what if maybe they, my what character if doesn't yeah maybe maybe they would they would they take dancing lights and they just want to like rave a bunch yeah know? what if maybe they, they want yeah, to do that what if they want to vogue you need those dancing lights yeah maybe That's maybe fair. they really like the rude sandstorm and uh they're trying to figure out a way to like you know really really add to that song yeah i might yeah. make a secondary astral elf i think i might do that just for fun they look cool. Just in case our characters die, we gotta make those backups. Wait, Even I, <laughs> Wait I thought the song was Blinding Lights. Blinding, blind the light. That one? All right, so we covered the Astral Elves. Uh, if we go down in, in alphabetical order, next we have, and this is, this race actually makes me very angry. Because, I love that. I love right? that. What are you mad about? Okay, because it's bullshit that Why? the auto gnomes can heal from mending while Warforged cannot. That's because um, they're not nearly as adorable. That's why. Yeah, auto gnomes were created by gnomes, and gnomes love the things they make. It's, Holy it's, shit. <laughs> the war, I, no one cared about the Warforged. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. That's that's the attitude Jerhados is going in with 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 his Warforged protector? No, this is the attitude I'm stating as a fact. <laughs> <laughs> the player, Mike, not the not the uh the character. Because like, <laughs> <German. laughs> they're called warforged, right? They're they're made for war. If they get fucked up, it's like we'll just make a new one. Auto gnomes are like, I need to make a little helper friend. Let's put <laughs> yeah. love and care into this thing. Uh, oh no, my little friend got hurt. Let me let me heal him with love. Yeah, or her. Let me make or it them. easier. Yeah, let me or, or make them. it easier to fix them. Are you trying to say it, that auto gnomes are care bears? Yeah. 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 Oh, they totally get the Care Bear stare, don't they? Yeah, although, although what I'm laughing about is so um, one of our other players who's playing, she is actually making an autonome. However, so her autonome is the opposite of my Warforge. My Warforge is a murder bot that's trying to reform itself into something a little bit more caring. Her autonome is an autonome that was created to be like a protector for a child, but the child got bored of her because she's a genius. And so as a result, she is now traveling through the galaxy on her own whim, basically like putting in the ability to defend herself. So she is becoming a murder bot after being a Care Bear. Also, uh, she can be healed by mending. Yeah. <laughs> And mending, if anyone needs to know what mending is, mending is a spell that lets you fix like a tear in your clothes. You like if a twig is broken, you can mend the two pieces back together so it's a full stick. They also um, have built-in bless. 
Yeah, and they're they're hashtag blessed just because <laughs> gnomes are awesome, right? Yeah, like it, I give it, it up for gnomes. Yeah, shout outs to gnomes. What a bunch of what a what a bunch of guys. They're, they're little tinkers. Like, they have whimsical names. <laughs> they sound like they it's, make for a good cleric. It's such bullshit. Yeah. You get two proficiency tools of your choice. The healing, the healing machine. That's the part that gets me. The fact that they can heal from mending and also be cured by cure wounds, healing word, mass cure wounds, mass healing word, and spare the dying. Yeah, things that usually don't affect machines. Well, I like guess in that regard, I, I guess in that regard, a warforged is more alive than a than an autonome. So I guess I can flex on that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, but once once you've hit the level of sentience, what it really is being alive, right? Ooh, like, who's facts. to say? Who's to say? Uh, auto gnome is more alive than a warforged. Or, I, will, I will. I will. Maybe. kick an auto. I will kick an auto gnome off the or, goddamn ship. Please or maybe, don't. Or maybe Why? an auto. Maybe an auto gnome is kind of like a RoboCop of like a gnome that like died. I mean, no, I think, that that's listen in the histories. You have that option. Like you could basically make your story be whatever you want it to be, because auto gnomes, they're not mass produced like the more forged are. Yeah, they're built with love by gnomes. Yeah, they're built by a gnome <laughs> specifically because like I want this gnome to do a task for me. Maybe I need some companionship. I need some help around the shops so, or I need, need to put myself some in a body when I die. I did. I did add a little flavor to the character that uh, uh some people probably will not do if they only read so if you only read the autonome text from the character as as it is built um you won't get this but okay so so don't listen to apollo don't read anything else besides the no character. no if you read the monster the the entry in the monster manual they actually add uh, a slot a small subtext that essentially all autonomes do have three prime directives Protect gnomes. Um, hold on. I, I, now I have to go. In. I, now I, is, I really because this is this, this is, is great. Uh, this is literally sounding like uh, Robocop. Robocop. Yeah, I feel it's built by uh, Mr. Rogers instead of Omnicore. <laughs> this sound. This sounds uh, like a Robocop with a Care Bear. <laughs> I love. I love that for him because yeah. Robocop, you're, alive. you're getting Boy. Care Bear stared with me. They have yep, directives. I, they have directives, and I need to give you this directive that they get because this is this could very well change the the fabric of how you play an auto gnome. What the hell did scene twenty seven go down like with an auto gnome? Okay, here we go. So it so it's a, okay. So no two auto gnomes are necessarily made of the same material. Magic is what gives them their intelligence. Most auto gnomes are programmed to obey the following three directives. Defend gnomes and who are, who are being attacked by non-gnomes. Defend yourself if you are attacked and protect infants and youngsters from harm. Okay. What that means is the last directive arose from the best intentions, but it doesn't distinguish between species. If an autonome sees a group of adults battering a lunar dragon wormling, for instance, it would come to the wormling's defense. Yeah. Why are they hitting so, that wormling? So clearly, autonomes are my enemies because anytime that I fight children, they're going to come and fight me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we wait. know we know that pen chant bleeds in the D&D. <laughs> oh, wait a, wait a second. How is the UFC chant? Wait a second. Don't elves not reach maturity until like, they're 200 years old? No, no, no. They mature, they mature at the same rate as uh, humans do, but they, um, they're mature, they're, like, their years last longer after they reach maturity. 
It's the same. It's the same. You oh, wouldn't God, get okay. like the, the, the first initial like instincts of, of a child until they hit puberty. That's all technically the same for humans. I've read way too much lore. No, it's good. Makes my it's good hurt. lore. There's a lot of there's a lot of fantasy lore you can read. And the Forgotten Realms has a very specific set of rules uh, that we need to know. Well, we don't need to know them, I guess, because you can literally make anything else you want up, really, <laughs> as long as it's consistent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so the last race we need to cover and yeah. I think we'll close out after we finish covering these guys. And the only reason I didn't make a Thrykrian is because our DM does not like bugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thrykrian are bug people. Uh, they're, they're literally really cool. the first, the first monstrosity class, to, the first monstrosity race to be a playable race in D and D. Oh, that's so, cool. Um, I think they're cool looking. Essentially, they are monstrosities. They are medium or small. They are praying mantis people they have four arms and they communicate telepathically because they cannot clickety clack in voices they don't have vocal cords they do well, not at least have vocal, vocal cords, cords for other races they can't speak common as it is correct so they can only essentially speak through telepathic means so with the assistance of magic you can't speak without the assistance of magic you can't speak the non thrykree languages you know. Instead, you use telepathy to convey your thoughts. You have the magical ability to transmit your thoughts mentally to willing creatures you can see within 120 feet of yourself. A contacted creature doesn't need to share a language with you to understand your thoughts, but it must be able to understand at least one language. Your telepathic uh, link to a creature is broken if you and the creature move more than 120 feet apart, if either of you is incapacitated, or if either of you mentally breaks the contact. No action required. You also don't need to sleep. Yeah, that's terrifying. Why don't they need to sleep? I don't. I don't get it. What do insects not sleep? Do I? Uh, I don't know anything about insects <laughs> now that I think about it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really up on my insect lore, honestly. Yeah, I don't no, know. neither am I. They also have a chameleon carapace. So as long as you're uh, naked, essentially, you get an armor. You get a bonus to your armor class. So your armor class starts at 13. Uh, and as an action, you can change the color of your carapace to match the color and texture of your surrounding, giving you advantage on dexterity self checks made to hide in those surroundings. Oh, that's cool. I don't think I read anything about these guys because I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to make one just because, like you said, our DM uh, plays like no bugs. Well, not she didn't say it explicitly, but I'm she, like, no, okay, she I don't did not. We're, doing, we're, we're doing the nice thing. Well, also, like yeah, I couldn't yeah. think of a, I couldn't think of a character hook for for a Thrykreen. I don't know. I just couldn't. That's yeah, fair. not being able to talk and only work telepathically, uh, that sounds challenging I, to work with and role I, I mean, you would just speak as you would, and then, you know, they don't move their mouth. You could pull a... Mm. What, would be, what would be fun with that, though? Um, you could pull a Fane from uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, mm. Fane speaks telepathically the entire game. Yep. Uh, he's just learned how to like move his mouth in time with what he's saying to make people think he's talking to them. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking it's more towards he's the skeleton, idea man. of, um, oh. it's more towards the idea of you're, you're expressing your thoughts. So you're not actually expressing language. You're expressing, uh, images to somebody or yeah, feelings was, to somebody. Yeah. That was my interpretation. As that, well. that would, that's my interpretation of it. So, as a role-playing challenge, I feel like that is a lot harder to play because now you have, say, for example, you want somebody to pass the um, the salt or something, right? As you're going to eat. How do you express that in thought, just in thought? Like you're just sending somebody the image of somebody passing the salt. Will they interpret that as, hey, pass the salt? Or are they yeah. just 
thinking that you want them to like, uh, they're thinking that you should put salt or that they, you want the salt. How do you even say, you don't even know how to say salt. Well, that's why it says it's like a magical telepathy. Oh, right, right, right. You transmit your thoughts mentally. So you know the word for salt in the Thrykreen language. And I guess there's some like universal translator that happens because of magic. But if you want to go down this rabbit hole where like how do I how do I transmit these these alien feelings, that could be a really fun thing if everyone else is, you know, down for it. Yeah, like I don't know. I feel like if I was DM, I would kind of be dickish about it. Like, okay, yeah, you can only talk in like, you know, broken sentences or something something like that. You know? <laughs> if anything, if anything, it feels like the episode from Star Trek where Picard meets the uh the race that only speaks in metaphors. Oh, mm. Gallic and uh Bernard, yeah. I, I can't remember. Um, Tanagra. Tanagra. Yeah, Tanagra. Uh, J- Jalad in. I forget. Uh, Janad when he meets. It's arguably Tanagra the best, like, Yeah. It's arguably the best episode of Star Trek, and we're both uh, flubbing it. So yeah. I am sure. Yeah. No. So for 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 reference, those of you who don't uh, don't don't speak fluent nerd like myself and Matt, apparently, um, mm-hmm. there's an episode where uh, Captain Picard meets an alien. And they're stuck on a planet basically hiding from a, another alien that's hunting them both. Now, the thing is, the, the race of aliens that he meets, they don't speak or convey their, their language in like our traditional English. Like Their universal translator basically translate the words, but they speak in their metaphors of their people. So essentially, it's like... Um, Teddy Roosevelt speech at this place when they're talking about um, like when they're talking about giving a great speech or something or another. Right. 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 Um, yeah. It's it, it's it, it brings up the whole uh, literalness, you know, like like a literal translation versus like, well, you know, I'm translating it literally, but really what they're trying to convey is this, you know. Exactly. Mm, right. Exactly. And it made for a really interesting episode, uh, if I'm honest with you. Like, it's probably one of the better Star Trek Next Generation episodes. They also introduced those characters into the Federation in Lower Decks. If anybody who is watching uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, that show is fantastic. You should give it a watch. I've heard. Uh, it's good. It's a good show. Uh, but I, I, I love that idea of trying to role play thoughts and emotions without conveying the actual words. I feel like it's a big challenge for like a role player. Now I'm regretting not making a Thrycreen, but like I just couldn't, I couldn't make it work. I don't know. I don't know. I you couldn't. Could, you just... could do it. You could do Apollo. I believe in you. Yeah, I think it would be a fun thing like in a smaller group with like maybe three or four players because that that's a big challenge and it could not, it could take a lot of time. You know, not just that we're a group of six players. So. Exactly. Uh, also with a DM that doesn't hate bug people. Yes. Also, the yeah, DM yeah. doesn't hate people. Shout out to her who listened to us. By the Hell way, yeah, uh, she listened to our original Spelljammer episode. So when Hell we yeah. post this, we're definitely letting her know. Shout out to oh, no. her. We're really excited to be playing with her. It's Hell it's, yeah, it's gonna be great. You, you, th- you think if we name drop her, she'll give us magical items for uh, the initial? We, pro- we probably part? shouldn't. No, don't, oh, let's not no. do that. Can we not? Can we not do that? <laughs> we, can, we can. We can totally not do that. Yeah, I agree. We totally not do that. So <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on board with that. But uh, there is so much to cover in Spelljammer. I feel like there is not enough time of the night to cover that because we can go on all night. And oh yeah, I'm, I'm playing a space cat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing a, a murder bot. So it's fine. Space <laughs> murder bot. 
I'm playing a gliding monkey, a flying monkey. Please, but please, please tell me more about your murder bot. Do you want to know about murder bot? All right. So we'll, we'll have to take this. We'll take this. We'll take this off air, right? Because like <laughs> we, we don't want to bog down in details, right? Because there's one thing talking about like D and D and the rules. There's a whole other thing entirely talking about characters that they'll never he- hear us play. Like, yeah. It's like that it's like true. it's like like describing a dream we just had to the listeners of this podcast. It's like I guess it's nice, you can totally have it. you can yeah that is true. <laughs> I mean, look, real plays are getting real big. You no, and that's... I have listened to a lot of Dimension Twenty. No, yeah, that is true. But I'm saying I would I love listening to Dimension Twenty. What I don't listen to is them describing characters that they do not play. Like <laughs> I was like, okay, I can't wait for them to play that character, and then nothing. Like I they'll mean, never, like, they'll never, they'll so... never, they'll never. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny you guys say that. I actually have uh, checked out some of the stuff that uh, Brennan was talking about, about characters he's either played or hasn't played and wants to play. Oh, yeah. No, I, I like that. But, like, we're, we're, we're a comic slash nerd stuff podcast. Like, they're never going to hear these characters come to fruition because the interesting part is just hearing the game and seeing how things play out. Yeah. Or just playing is, the game, really. Yeah. The thing is really playing the game. That is very true. That is very yeah. true. Well, on that note, guys, it has been a pleasure. And I, I'm actually looking, really looking forward to covering more D&D stuff as, as stuff comes out. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. And maybe maybe in the future, I, I don't know if we can ever coordinate something, having an actual play, just maybe one-shot thing on Ooh. the podcast. I think that would be Ooh. interesting to listen to. But maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of my... No. my I opinion. would absolutely love that. Yeah. Don't deny that. We should give that a go. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. All of the music that you have heard is the song Dance Rock off the album Descent of the Goober Monster by Jesse Spillane. It is licensed under Attribution 4.0 International CC by 4.0 license off freemusicarchive.org. If you have a question, a topic you would like us to cover, or simply wish to tell us all of the facts that we have screwed up, feel free to email us at laymansguidetothemultiverse at gmail.com. Also, feel free to visit us at our website at laymansguidetothemultiverse.com.